Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hi, the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions are available on the following platforms. Anchor, Spotify, and Apple iTunes. Follow us by hitting the follow button and subscribe so that you can hear all this important information that pertains to life and the future. Thanks. Hello, welcome and welcome back and Shabbat Shalom. I hope your day is going well. I hope all is well with you. We are on to Shemuel, Shemuel slash Samuel outline um, number three, which consists of chapters seven through nine. Now, before I go into that, I want to say this. My last couple of weeks that I've been um, doing the outlines from two Shemuel, and I think I did it once in the last um, chapter of chapter one, I mean, excuse me, um, first Shemuel, that I switched the names from David and Shaul. Now, this is what I'm gonna say. When I'm explaining stuff, I'm trying to do it quick. So I jumble up the names. I'm going to give you a clarification and then I'm going to be focused on not jumbling the names. Shemuel was the prophet of Shaul, who was the first king. Shaul and his family were um, royalty. Then David came along and killed the Goliath. So David pretty much was the hero of everybody and everybody loved David. But because Shaul was insubordinate with the laws, statutes, precepts, and commands of the Most High, the Most High was done with him. And the Most High told um, Shaul through Shemuel, who Shemuel, uh, he said it first when Shemuel was alive and then when Shemuel sought a necromancer out, which is a, a, a violation of the laws, Shemuel told him, you're going you're gonna, to um, join me in the dead. Mm -hmm. So that's what he did. Now, from Shemuel, uh, I keep saying Shemuel, sorry, Saul, which is Shaul, um, he didn't like David. He loved David, but he was jealous of David. And jealousy is a spirit, but it's not the um, spirit that the Most High put on him directly okay i need you to understand that um Sha shaul was jealous of david and jealousy is a spirit period but the um unrighteous spirit that was on um shaul that the most high sent down was just making him go um insane okay so even though, and this is just a summarization because I was jumbling up the names, just in case of those people who was like, is she, does she know that she's messing up? Yeah, I finally heard it. But 
I'm clarifying and I like to be honest at all times. So if you can make me honest, let me know. But if I'm listening to it, I catch it, but I haven't been listening to it. So I'm just clarifying. So um, David would not put his hand on Shaul because David understood that he was blessed by the most high. Remember, vengeance is the most high. It's not for you to do vengeance. It's the most high who's going to take vengeance. And up till now, that's a part of the law. Vengeance is the most high. Okay. So while Shaul was doing everything to mess up everything, the most high said, I'm taking my special sauce off you. And you know, he didn't say it like that, but his favor, which is a spirit off Shaul and putting it on David. And that's what he did. And little by little, Shaul's family was broken down because of all the laws, statutes, precepts, and commands that Shaul continued to break. So at that time, the Most High said, um, sent um, Shemuel forth because he allowed him to come through that necromancer because um, that is a part of the law that you don't consult with um, divinators, um, um mediums necromancers etc you don't consult with them and people who read stars and all that other nonsense you don't consult with them that's a part of the law so when Shaul did that the most high allowed Shemuel to come through and tell Shaul you're gonna be dead and that's exactly what happened so everybody around David after um Shaul died everybody around David is believing that they should take it upon themselves to kill Shaul's family now Shaul's family did not hate David but this is what the rest of the children of Israel is thinking so that's why they take it upon themselves to do these things and they're wrong because David is turning around and smiting them so I say that to say, even though I say, oh, David's family died, it wasn't David's family. It was Shaul's. And I'm saying it so fast that it's coming out jumbled up. So I'm clarifying so that you know that I know that I jumbled it up. But now I'm clarifying it to you. Saul, who is Shaul, his family is dying because the children of Israel are killing them. Benjamites, cousins, uncles, sons. Okay. And then um, Shaul and his sons was fighting and they was in a war and they was killed. Um, so now we are at a time that uh, the rest of the children of Israel is taking upon themselves to kill off the rest of Shaul's family, which they shouldn't because they believe, remember, there's nobody who's a mind reader, but people believe they selves to be, especially the children of Israel because they never listen to nothing and nobody. So they started um, killing Shaul's family. And they're saying, oh, they hate um, they hated David, which they didn't hate David. It was a jealousy and it was an envy on Shaul's part. This is why he is dead. And prior to that, no longer king. And the whole kingdom through his family was broken down because he didn't listen to the most high's laws, statutes, precepts, and commands. This is why he lost the kingship in the favor because of the broken laws. This is the same thing that's going to play itself out through the whole children of Israel. This is why we're here now. So if anybody tell you that you don't have to listen to the laws no more, it's not so, it's not true. 
They cannot prove that you don't listen to the laws no more because until the consummation of time, when everything is done, like um, Yeshua said, I did not come here to get rid of the laws. I came here to fulfill the laws. There was a prophecy since the beginning told to Adam and all the um, patriarchs of the children of Israel that certain things had to happen before heaven and earth would pass away. Nothing is going to go away in terms of the law until the heaven and earth pass away, period. That's written. Okay? Understand that. Every time a king, a child of Israel, everybody who, who's in the children of Israel uh, break the laws due to Deuteronomy 28, curses and blessings, if they break the laws, the curses are going to uh, follow them until they are dead. It says that in the scriptures. Deuteronomy 28, go read it. When you start listening to the Lord's children of Israel, then you'll get the blessings. And we haven't been doing that since the beginning of time. This is what all of this is about. Thank you for that. So now I'm going to read to you. Um, this is chapters seven through nine. Each chapter I will be reading because we need to understand the first Kings. Um, uh, Shemuel, two Shemuel or second Shemuel outline number three, which consists of seven through nine. And I am going to read the highlights to you. And then we're going to get on with the story. So. And I'll try to um, just be a little slower so that I don't jumble up these people's names in terms of who's doing what and who's cursed and who died and this and that, somebody's family, etc. Okay. Here we go. Uh, these are the highlights. And this is chapter seven. So uh, two Shemuel slash Samuel, one through three. Nathan first approving the purpose of David to build the most high a house. This is important. So you need to um, be focused on what I'm going to say in regards to this uh, chapter. Um, verses four through 11, after by the word of the most high forbids him. Uh, verses 12 through 17, the most high promise him benefits and blessings in his seed. Uh, and that's King David. Um and verses 18 through 29, David's prayer and thanksgiving. Now, I want to say this before we move forward. I already said David is a man of integrity. David has a heart that is full of love for the Most High. David is respectful. David is respected. David understands that the most high is for him. David has full faith in the most high. And I demonstrated that by reading uh, a chapter uh, eight to you, excuse me, chapter six to you, when um, David said, I know that the most high is blessing me. So we see um, and experience through this reading that David has the utmost respect and love and fear, which is reverence to the most high. However, David's still going to sin and sin is sin is sin is sin. David's still going to sin and he knows he's going to sin. So as I continue to move forward with David's part of this story, see that 
the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And that's how it is. Our spirits want to be just like the most high. They want to be like Yahshua. They want to, but the flesh is down here on earth where the devil is. It's easy to be evil, wicked, unrighteous, nasty. It's easy because this world is doing it. It's automatic. It's automatic. It, you have to you have to work to turn away from all of this. It's like swimming against the stream that goes down. You swimming up and the stream goes down and it's a powerful stream. It takes a lot of effort. It takes time. It takes um, faith that you could get up that stream when everything is going down. So this is the focus that everybody has to have with their walk of the most high. You are physically down in hell. And I don't mean the hell with the fire and the brimstone. I mean the hell where the devil is reigning. Okay. It says that in the new Testament, don't love the world or the things in the world. If you are a friend of the world, then you're not a friend of the most high. Why is that important? Because this whole world is fooled. It is being pushed around by the devil. It is being fed by the devil. It is being nourished by the devil. And the children of the most high is here. Their test is the walk of their lives and turning away from evil. Because we can't go to no other planet. Okay? We can't go to no other planet. This is why the Most High sent us tools and everything for us to navigate this life here. It's not going to be easy for the children of Israel. And it never was. Especially in the beginning, since they never listened to nobody. If they listened to somebody in the beginning, we wouldn't have these things. Understand, as a children of the Most High, the, the second flock and the original branches, you're swimming against the tide. And nine times out of ten, people don't make it. Understand that, know that. So now we're going to read 2 Samuel or 2 Samuel slash Shemuel. And I'm reading from the Amplified just to um, make sure that things are clear to people. You already know things have changed. Um, you know, they change words and use different semantics, which is important, but I need you to understand what's going on in regular language. If something is more important uh, for me to read in the CIFA, excuse me, I will do so. Okay. This is David plans to build a temple. This is important. I need you to focus because it's going to come out um, another time. So, and I'll bring it up when it does come out. When King David lived in his house, in his palace, and the Most High had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, that means times of war, King David said to Nathan the prophet, see now I dwell in a house of cedar. He's talking about the kingdom. But the Ark of the Most High dwells within tent curtains. I need you to understand what's uh, being said. And Nathan said to King David, go do everything that is in your heart for the most high is with you. This is uh, David, the, uh, excuse me. This is Nathan, the prophet saying this to David. But it happened that night that the word of the most high came to Nathan saying, go tell my servant, David, thus saith the most high. Should you be the one to build me a house in which to dwell? 
For I have not dwelled in a house since the day I brought the sons, which are the descendants of Yasharel, up from Egypt, which I need you to understand it was never Egypt, according to the Most High. It was Mizraim, because Mizraim means bondage. Egypt doesn't mean bondage. This is how semantics gets in and turns things around. When you say Egypt, the regular or the typical person would think, okay, North Africa at the top, where the Egyptians, who was originally people of color, lived and put the children of um, of the most high in bondage we know that and we understand that by the hieroglyphs that's on the wall everybody's melanated everybody except for when um those uh kingdoms from europe came in there and mixed and mingled with the egyptians so now everybody's saying that they was always european when damn no they wasn't damn it no they wasn't they was melanated everybody was melanated this is a part of the lie and we ain't gonna go there all you got to do is have two good eyes and two working synapses in your brain and go look at the um the pyramids you'll see it even the ones that they digging up now that nobody ever found before everybody's melanated so there, the most I said, the, all the lies is going to be dispelled. He didn't say it like I said, but he said, whatever is hidden will be revealed. That's what was hidden. The truth, right? So back to what I was saying. When you think of the word Egypt, you do not think of bondage because that's not what Egypt means. Mizraim, which is a word from Paleo Hebrew, means bondage. Understand that, know that need to understand these things because the uh, the original person would say oh no Egypt is just a place blah 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 and they would be right but they don't know they're ignorant to the original word that the most high said so they may be right in terms of saying Egypt but the most high never said Egypt the most high said Mizraim the original children of Israel we are the descendants um people who was set in bondage throughout the four corners who are melanated people you are the children of um, the progeny of Yasharel, the man. His blood is running through your veins. Yes, the Most High said Mizraim, not Egypt. Back to what I was saying. So the Most High is saying, I he hasn't lived in a house, quote unquote. He hasn't had a dwelling since the day he brought the children outside of Mizraim. Even to this day, I'm going to tell you what it all means if I finish, but I have been moving about in a tent, even in a tabernacle, wherefore I have gone with all Yasharel, did I speak a word to any of the tribes of Yasharel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Yasharel, asking, why have you not built me a house of cedar? So basically the most high saying to Nathan to tell David I haven't lived in a tabernacle since I le uh, led all the children out of Mizraim so the most high we already know this in Exodus okay Exodus Leviticus Deuteronomy all through that time the most high didn't dwell quote unquote in a house first of all you already know the most high is not bound by space and time so he wouldn't be able to come here like that and live in a tabernacle he would have to be that cloud or that pillar of fire he would have to manifest himself to be that 
even through Yahshua, because Yahshua is Yahuwah. He would have to come down and become flesh. This is why he did that when he came down uh, through Miriam. Okay? The vessel that held uh, the Most High, who nobody can hold. That's what that's what you need to understand. So he's basically saying to David, you going to ready to build me a house? You already know the most high don't dwell nowhere because he's bigger than everywhere. He's out, outside of space and time. He's everywhere, everywhere, omnipresent, everywhere at all times. Okay? So um, this is where he's uh, uh, sending Nathan to explain to David. Yah's covenant with David. So now say this to my servant David, most high still talking. Thus saith the most high of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, this is when he was young, to be the ruler of my people, Yasharel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone. And I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name. And he has. You know the most highest word. Never for a void. Like that of the great men of the earth. I will appoint a place for my people. Yasharel. And plant them. So that they will live in a place of their own. And not be disturbed again. That's a prophecy right there. This is what I'm saying. The words are important. Because the most high. First of all. The most high when he say a word. A lot of times there's no time limit on it. So when the Most High talks, especially now, Old Testament, New Testament, remember the Most High told the um, the um, patriarchs the end from the beginning. So that means the Most High ain't even talk about uh, this earth no more. It's already written in Old and New Testaments. The, all the prophecies is already written. Most High is not talking about this place no more. It's already written. So if the Most High is saying something, He's laying down exactly what's going to happen, period. Because it could it could be this time and next time. Because remember, everything works in cycles. So this is why somebody could pick up the scripture and just say whatever, and it be so, because um, life happens in cycles. And the end of all cycles is the consummation of time. I said what I said. And it's proven in the patriarchs, I mean, I'm going to say patriarchs, in the prophets, major prophets, not minor major okay so it is um very important to note so the most high is telling david oh yeah i'm gonna bring my uh my children my my lot my chosen the apple of my eye and everybody else is spitting the bucket i will be taking care of them and i will be putting them in a place of their own and they won't be disturbed again that is also a prophecy that has not been fulfilled yet well, understand that see the most high when he says things is so beyond all our heads we don't know until it happens if he don't point it out and say okay this gonna happen that gonna, get, gonna happen and we don't see that it happened we don't know that it happened so understand that the wicked will not afflict them again as formerly uh-huh even from the day that I appointed judges over my people, Yasharel, I will give you rest from your all your enemies. The Most High also declares to you that he will make a house, which is a royal dynasty, for you. He's saying this to, to David, and that's the truth. Because a part of the uh, prophecy also, when a new life comes, David is going to play an integral part. 
when it comes down to the most high in the new life, when heaven and earth pass away and the new day can't comes number eight. Okay. I told you numbers are significant, honey. After seven come eight new day, new life. Anyway, he continues to say, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down in death with your fathers, which is your ancestors, I will raise up your descendant after you who shall be born to you and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who shall build me a house for my name and my presence and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. How long? forever and that is a part of the prophecy david's line look at david's line the line of the kings yahuda uh-huh number four this is so significant it's so powerful to the average reader it don't mean nothing but this is very significant the most high is saying is there way back there we have yet to complete in this linear time and space that we live in, the Most High's uh, prophecy, what he just said, his word will never fall void, void excuse me. And uh, the, it will accomplish everything that it's set out uh, to come forth for, okay? So even though um, the Most High says something about um, Solomon, which that's not his real name, by the way, even though um, he says something about Solomon, his whole line is significant. Okay, continuing, um, verse 14, I am. Um, I will be his father and he shall be my son. Listen, this is Yeshua, the line of the kings. I'm gonna read it again so people could catch it. All right, I'm on 12. I will raise up your descendant after you, who is Solomon, who shall be born to you and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who shall build a house for my name and my presence. That's Solomon. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And that's the truth. I will be his father and he shall be my son. Now he's on Yahshua. When he, oh, no, 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 not yet. Not, Yash, not Yahshua yet. Because I'm looking at iniquity. No, it's going to be Solomon. Still on Solomon. When he commits iniquity, which is wrongdoing, I will discipline him with the rod of man and with the strokes of the son of man. Now, this means when Solomon, this is significant too, because Solomon really messes up. Even though the Most High loved him, remember, um, the Most High is telling Nathan to tell David this, giving David the whole end from where he is. He's prophesying to David and telling David exactly what's going to happen to his lineage. That's what he's doing. We didn't get to Yahshua yet because Yahshua does come from David's line. We already talked about that before, but I don't want to get too excited because, honey, this is exciting. This is some exciting news, honey. This is prophecy. So um, the Most High is telling David through Nathan that your son Solomon, he's going to mess up. I love Solomon. He's going to be my son but he's going to mess up and he is. And how is he going to mess up? He's going to break the laws, statutes, precepts, and commands of the most high. He's going to break uh, 
the statue of Deuteronomy 1717, 17, having too many wives, because that's idolatry. Then he's going to be dabbling in spirits. That's another um, broken law. This is what I mean. This is how the children mess up and foil up because they break laws. It's not all about not listening, but well, it is about not listening, but the importance of what they're not listening to. They're not listening to the Lord's statutes, precepts, and commands of the Most High. That's what it is. It's not like, oh, yeah, you my child and you just don't listen. Uh-uh. There are set rules and regulations that the Most High wants his children to follow within the lines of those rules and regulations so that they can make it to the next life. That's what it's about. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. So... um. Uh, the most high is telling David through Nathan, this is what your son's going to do. I love him, but he's still going to mess up. So um, I'm going to read it again. I will be his father. and He should be my son. This is Solomon. When he commits iniquity, which is wrongdoing, he is going to break a few laws. He is. I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the strokes of the sons of man. So first of all, I don't know if it's saying that in uh, in the CIFA. So let me just consult with the CIFA. Hold on. Okay. Now, there is a slight difference in what is said between the CIFA and uh, the Amplified Bible. This is what I'm saying. Now I'm going to read verse 14 again. Uh, the Most High is talking about um, Solomon. Okay. I'm going to read 13 and 14, then I'll explain to you. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Referring to, excuse me, Solomon. Now listen, I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chastise or chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men, but my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Shaul, who I put away before you. Now, the difference is from here and the other one is, it says, if he commit iniquity. And in um, the Amplified, it says, when he commits so it's different the most high knows that he's going to commit iniquity but he doesn't say when so that will really hurt um david to hear that but he didn't really say that the words would change so understand that okay so um so the most high continues remember it's not um when it's if he Okay, um, then he will discipline him with the rod of men, with the strokes of the sons of men, meaning he's going to let other nations get to him. And that's exactly what's going to happen. But my loving kindness and mercy will not depart from him. That means the most I still going to love him. As I took it from Shaul, who I removed before you. Your house, which is the royal dynasty, and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Listen to what it says, because it is. Remember, Yeshua came from the line of the kings, which is David's line. So the Most High is telling David, your kingdom is going to endure forever. 
That's a prophecy. And it's yet to complete, to be completed, okay? Because Yeshua did come from the line of the kings, which is David's line, okay? And it is going to rain forever, but it ain't raining right now because the end of everything is in this life. Because the day that this life ends is the day that the new life begins. You better go to 4 Ezra. Anyway, so the most high said your kingdom will endure uh, forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This is what he's telling um, David. And this is the truth. David is a part of the prophecy of um, the future. Nathan spoke to David in accordance with all these words and all of the vision. Mm-hmm. Okay. So David's prayer. So David understands what's going to happen. Even though he knows it ain't going to happen today, he knows what's going to happen in his line. All right. Now David's prayer. Remember, we in the um, Amplified. Um, David's prayer. When King David went in and sat in prayer before the Most High and said, Who am I, O Yah? L and what is my house? Capital E, capital L, my power. Um, Father Yah, and what is my house, my family, that you have brought me this far? Um, David is very humble. He's asking. Yet yeah, this was very insignificant in your eyes, oh Yah. For you have spoken also of your servant's house, the royal dynasty, in the distant future. I told you, that's the prophecy. And this is the law and custom of men, O Yah, our Elohim. What more can David say of you? For you know, acknowledge, and choose your servant, O El. Because of your word, your promise, and in accordance with your heart, you have done all these great and astounding things to let your servant David know and understand. Therefore, you are great, O Yah, for there is none like you. There is no El beside you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. What one nation on earth is like your people, Yasharel? nobody i'm gonna answer that one that's not a rhetorical okay whom the most high went and redeemed for himself as a people and to make a name for himself and that never went away and to do great and awesome things for yourself and for your land before your people whom you have redeemed for yourself from Mizraim, from nations and their, it says gods. So it's idols, okay? Let them be the gods because the most high is not a God. I already told you that. You can go to the, um, there's different books to help you understand exactly who the most high is. Go listen to them. They're on the platform library. You establish for yourself, your people, Yasharel. This is David talking to him, dedicating himself and having conversations with the Most High. Praise Yah. You establish for yourself, your people, Yasharel, as your people forever. How long? Forever. The children of Israel is forever. 
Don't worry about the one who could kill the body. Worry about the one who could kill the body in the soul in hellfire. Nobody could kill the body in the soul through hellfire except the most high. So don't you worry. Even though the children of Israel don't have no power, not an inkling, not a piece of power, nothing, because they don't listen. The most high is definitely watching, taking notes. And what he said will not fall to the ground because he already said he's getting after all the heathens who did something to you. Now, that's the second lesson in the daily lesson. Now, I already did the first lesson on Wednesday, which was the, uh, what was Wednesday? The 19th. Go listen to that, part one. Part two is going to let you know that the Most High chose Yasharel and nobody else. They're going to be his, period. But because of the insubordination of the children, that he went to a foolish nation. And guess what? I'm going to hit you with it real hard. Hope, clutch your pearls. Clutch them when you want to. Those other branches that he's going to say, they're going to be the servants. Say what now? I'm going to say it again. They're going to be the servants. Yes, honey, because the law will not fall down void. The Most High said what he said. Okay. Now, I'm going to keep moving on. I'm going to read. Now, O Yah, our Elohim, confirm forever the word of the covenant that you have spoken in regard to your servant and his royal dynasty, which is his house, and do just as you have spoken so that your name may be magnified forever. And it is. Because he's going to have the last word, honey. He don't care about no devil, no human being that think that they could override him nope he ain't worried about it so that your name may be magnified forever saying the most high of hosts heaven's armies is the l over israel which is Yasharel. and may the house the royal dynasty of your servant david be established before you for you o l of host elohim of Yasharel have revealed this to your servant David saying, I will build you a house, a royal dynasty. For that reason, your servant has found courage to pay, excuse me, to pray this prayer to you. And now, O.L., you are Elohim and your words are truth. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. Therefore, now may it please you to bless the house David's house, royal dynasty of your servant so that it may continue forever before you. And that's exactly what it's doing right now. The children of um, uh, the line of Yahuda is the line of the kings and they currently here now, even though they suffering, they're here. Most high is definitely watching over them. So let me continue. Uh, may uh, the house, uh, the royal dynasty, um, continue forever before you. For you, O.L., have spoken it, the Most High spoken it. That's why they ain't being uh, totally crisscrossed out. And with your blessing, may the house of your servant be blessed forever. This is David and the Most High having conversations. Uh-huh, and the Most High hit David with a prophecy. Okay, and a lot of that prophecy is yet to com be completed. Some of it was completed with Solomon, but the rest of the royal house, which includes Yahshua and the um, the people who were scattered through the four corners, which is in the line of Yahuwah, the fourth son of Yasharel, has yet to be completed. Mm -hmm. 
All right. <clears throat> now we are on to Samuel slash Samuel or second Samuel slash Samuel <laughs> chapter eight. Here's the highlights. Verses one and two, David subdues the Philistines and the Moabites. Verses three through eight, he smites Hadassah and the Syrians. Verses nine and 10, Toi sends Joram with presents to bless him. Verses 11 through 13, the presents and the spoil David dedicates to the Most High. Verses 14 through uh, and 15, he puts garrisons in Edom. Verses 16 through 18, David's officers. David's doing a lot. He's doing a whole lot. Okay. David's triumphs. Now it came about after this that David defeated the Philistines. You see all this back and forth with the Philistines and subdued them. That means humbled them. Now they under his reign. And he took control of Methag Amma, the main city, from the hand of the Philistines. He defeated Moab, which Moab is their distant relatives, by the way, through Lot, and measured them with a length of rope, making them lie down on the ground. He measured two lengths to choose those who put to death and one full length to choose those to be kept alive. And the surviving Moabites became servants to David, bringing tribute. Let me say something about Moab. The Moabites, they broke the law too. They are relatives of the children of Israel through Lot, who is um, Abraham's nephew. He, they are in the line of Sh the Shemites, but they broke and continue to break a lot of laws. That's why the Most High said, oh no, I'm gonna get rid of them. This is how important the law is. Most High, I don't care who you are. You better listen to those law statutes, precepts and commands and stop playing. Yeah. They relatives of the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then David defeated Hadazadir, the son of Rehob, king of Zobah, as he went to restore his power at the river Euphrates. Now, you notice a part of the prophecy is that the river Euphrates is going to dry up, and that's exactly what it did. Well, we living in prophecy, honey. David captured from him 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers. David also hamstrung all the chariot horses, making them lame, but reserved enough of them for a hundred chariots when the Arameans, which is the Syrians of Damascus came to help Hadadezer, king of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 Arameans, which are the Syrians, modern day Syrians. Then David put garrisons among the Arameans, which are the Syrians, in Damascus, and I'm just going to say the Syrians because I keep saying Arameans, 
And the Syrians became his servants and bought tribute. Then the Most High helped David wherever he went. That's how blessed David was. <laughs> David took the shields of gold that were carried by the servants of Hadadazah and brought them to Jerusalem. And from Betath and Barathi, cities of Hadadazah, King David took an immense quantity of bronze. Hold on. When Toy, king of Hamas, look for my pen, heard about David's defeat of all of the forces of Hadass, Hadadiers, Toy sent Joram, his son, to King David to greet and congratulate him for his battle and defeat of Hadadazir. Little brother. For Hadadazir had been at war with Toy, Joram brought with him articles of gold, silver, and bronze as gifts. King David also dedicated these gifts to the Most High along with the silver and gold that he had dedicated from all the nations in which he subdued from Aram, which is Syria, Moab, and the Ammonites. The Ammonites are also related to the children of Israel from Lot, the two daughters of Lot, the Philistines, and Amalek, and from the spoil of Hadadazir, the son of Rehob, the king of Zobah. So David made a name for himself when he returned from killing 18,000 Syrians in the Valley of Salt. You know where that is. He put garrisons in Edom. The Edomites are related to the children of Israel also. In all Edom, he put garrisons. And all the Edomites became servants to David. And the Most High helped him wherever he went. So David reigned over all Yasharel and continued to administer justice and righteousness for all his people. Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was commander over the army, Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahalud, was recorder, which is the secretary, scribe. Zodok, the son of Ahabtub, and Ahimelech, the son of Abithiah were the chief priests, and Saria was the scribe. Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, these words, I mean, these uh, names, was head over the Cherethites and Pelethites, the king's bodyguards, and David's sons were chief confidential advisors and officials to the king who is David okay now we are on um second Samuel slash Samuel um which is the ninth chapter 
And the highlights are, okay, here's the highlights, chapter nine. Let me get my glasses, get myself together. All right. Chapter nine, verses one through six, David by Ziba sends for Mephibosheth. Chapters, I'm sorry, verses seven through eight. For Jonathan's sake, he entertains him at his table and restores him all that was Shaul's. And um, nine through 13, he makes Zeba his farmer. <clears throat> all right. David's kindness to Mephiboseth. Ooh, these uh, names are something else. Okay. This is uh, chapter nine. And David said, is there still anyone left in the house or the family of Shaul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? There was a servant of the house of Shaul whose name was Ziba. So they called him to David and the king said to him, are you Ziba? He said, I am your servant or I am your servant. And the king said, is there no longer anyone left in the house or family of Shaul to whom I may show kindness and graciousness of the most high? Zeba replied to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan, one whose feet are crippled. So the king said to uh, him, Zeba, the king David said to Zeba, where is he? And Zeba replied to King David, he is in the house of Mashia, the son of Amiel. Amiel. And Lobadar. Then King David sent word and had him brought to the house of Machia, the son of Amiel, from Lodabar. <clears throat> Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Shaul, which is Shaul's grandson, came to David and fell face down in respect. And David said, Mephiboseth, and he answered, here is your servant. David said to him, do not be afraid, for I will certainly show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather, Shaul, and you shall always eat at my table. Mm -hmm. Again, Mephiboseth lay him face down lay himself face down and said, what is your servant that you would be concerned for a dead dog like me? Oh my. Mm -mm -mm. Then David summoned Ziba, Shaul's servant, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belongs to Shaul and to all his house, which is his family. You and your sons and your servants shall cultivate the land for him and you shall bring in the produce 
so that your master's grandson may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grand grandson, shall always eat at my table. <clears throat> now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to King David, your servant will do according to everything that my Lord, the king, commands. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table as one of David's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. Now, let me just stop that right now. Let me tell you about the children of Israel, honey. He was crippled. His legs wasn't working. Nevertheless, he had kids. <laughs> what did I tell you? The Achilles heel of the children of Israel, the sons of Zion, is a woman. Honey, you don't have to have no legs. He's still had kids. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to read it again. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who lived in Zeba's house were the servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he always ate at the king's table, and he was lame in both feet. But somehow he crawled over to a woman and had kids. Oh my, children of Israel, y'all are something else. Y'all are something else. Our ancestors are something else. Woo anyway, huh? What you say, babe? My husband's here. What did you say? <laughs> my husband's a mess he said just because your legs ain't working don't mean nothing everything else is broke down i get it but i'm saying i don't know what uh-huh that's it for these <laughs> three chapters <laughs> These were short chapters. I hope you learned something and you understand the demeanor, the personality, and the temperament of David as his character is, <clears throat> excuse me, as a whole, always humble, get to the point, will strike you down when he needs to, respectful, all of that. Nevertheless, and the most high said that his house is going to abide forever. Nevertheless, David is going to sin by violating the Lord's statutes, precepts, and commands of the most high. He's going to sin, but the most high still loves him though. Like I said, the laws are put in place so the children of Israel could stay in the confound so they could go to the next life. Yeah, they're going to break them because they're down here on earth, but just like it says, um, like I did that lesson on Wednesday um, in the book of Shepherd of Hermas, when the shepherd who is an angel, type of angel, said to Hermas, in regards to these laws, the most high wants you to uh, follow them. And Hermas said, these laws seem like they, they hard. So the shepherd said, if they seem hard to you, that means you don't believe in the most high. So not listening to those laws, you don't believe in the most high. And what is going to happen to non-believers? 
Oh, there's something special for them. Mm-hmm. As well as the ones who corrupted the children of Israel. Uh-huh. Most High got something special for them. And we're going to deal with that during the second lesson of the first lesson that I did on Wednesday. <clears throat> the ninth, uh, when, did, when did I do that? On the 19th? Yeah, the 19th. So um, with this lesson, I hope that you are enjoying your Shabbat. I hope that you are enjoying your family, meditating, dedicating yourself to the Most High, reading, getting closer to the Most High, whatever you're doing. Let the Sabbath bring peace to you. Love and joy, um, enjoying your family, enjoying your time with the Most High. As I bid you adieu until next time, enjoy your day. Hi, trying to contact me regarding a question, comment, or concern? Well, you got two ways of doing so. The first way is you can email me at cliffnoteqna at yahoo.com. I'll say it again. This is one word. Cliffnote the letter Q, the letter N, the letter A at yahoo.com. The second way is you can upload a question, concern, or comment on Spotify. The question section appears under the episode's description on Spotify. Send me your question and I'll definitely answer it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. To hear the word of truth of the Most High. But you know what's better? Hitting that follow button and hitting the small bell next to it to be notified of new content. You can also save a life by sharing this valuable content. Go ahead, save a life today. Thanks. Don't make me your guilty pleasure. Hit that follow button and make that commitment. You will not be disappointed. And it's free. It doesn't cost nothing to hit that follow. Thanks.